Hello listeners, this is Travis E. Taylor, here bringing you the first chapter of my novel, Good Clean Fun. I will be releasing this book as an ebook and a podcast week by week, chapter by chapter. You can keep up with each release by following me on Facebook or Instagram with the handle Travis E. Taylor Author. No spaces. Today's chapter, we will meet Mercury, a young girl in her teens who will be voiced by none other than Brittany Taylor, multi-talented voice actress and my lovely wife. Without further ado, let's begin just like my boy LeVar Burton. Let's take a deep breath. Okay. Good Clean Fun by Travis E. Taylor. Chapter 1. Mercury. November. The front door slammed behind Elise, only to be reopened and slammed again by their mother, shaking the room's bookcase. Elise circuited the house, dancing and twirling in her brown skirt and mint green Girl Scout vest, wearing proudly three patches stitched on her back. Mercury's face puckered and her hand tightened to a vice grip around a stainless steel ballpoint pen that promised to answer the call for a lifetime of durability and service. Mercury didn't move from her deep, chestnut-cherry hardwood desk, the result of ten months of carefully saved allowance added to the money from her thirteenth birthday. She attempted to refocus on her advanced geometry homework. Though the assignment was far beneath her intellectual level, she meticulously answered each question. Her concentration was not on the law of cosines, but on her penmanship. The two lines of each X must intersect precisely perpendicular at the midpoints. Each zero should have an ever-so-slightly elongated circle. Symmetry was key. Eights required a superficially misplaced tail delicately flicked at the top right corner. Writing was an art as well as a science. Mercury wanted to begin her science homework, but her grandma Chandran had always said, in all things in life, Save the best for last. They were studying astronomy, and she was eager to learn about the constellations, eager to hear the stories of power and death the ancient people used to make sense of the pinpoints of light that dusted the sky at night. Elise stormed in, throwing the once-closed door into the bookcase behind it, rattling the shelves that held Mercury's collection of mismatched notebooks, some college-ruled, some small leather-bound, some featuring cartoon animals, some no more than notepads she had taken from hotels. Elise brought, as always, an abundance of chaos. She filled her big sister's room with idle chatter of the evening's meeting. Jenny said I couldn't sit by her, but Miss Lynette said she had to let me. Her talking wasn't directed toward Mercury, just announced to the world. She told her stories with great passion as she played with Mercury's Chinese boating balls that she had snatched from atop the dresser. Each clang of the bells within the spheres, swirled in deep jade with splashes of gold, sent a shiver down Mercury's spine. Sitting with her feet dangling from Mercury's brown and black checkered comforter, she bashed the meditative tools together with no respect to rhythm. Miss Lynette told me that she really liked my beaded lizard because I used lots of colors. She jumped off the bed to get closer to Mercury, following her sister's lack of attention. She had the same small build Mercury had at her age, which Mercury had only barely outgrown. They were a tiny family, pint-sized even, no muscle mass, slender frames, and shrewd, rat-like faces. An odd contrast to the family's mocha skin and dark hair. Mercifully, the girls were both blessed with luxuriously soft, 
healthy manes that did wonders to distract from their beady eyes and sharp noses. Mercury wore it long, often in a thick single braid down to her mid-back. Their mother and father both claimed credit for their beautiful hair. Mr. Vasquez maintained it originated in the Yucatan Peninsula, a direct result of the Mayan roots he never could prove existed. Mrs. Vasquez argued it was a trademark of her Shawnee heritage. Elise wrapped one of her arms around Mercury's neck. Her pen drilled into her work, pressing a hole straight through and into the desk. Sophie's mom gave us ice cream sandwiches, and mom told me I had to say thank you. She rambled directly into Mercury's ear. Even though me and Sophie aren't friends anymore. Elise opened the top right drawer of the desk, found nothing of interest, and shut it. The knobs were a brushed silver half-egg. She tried the drawer right beneath it, ramming it into the arm of Mercury's chair. Her story faltered for a moment as she spotted a stash of butterscotch candies. As she slid her hand into the narrow opening to grab one, Mercury slammed the drawer shut with her knee. The scream was ear-splitting until Mercury stifled it with a hand over her mouth, bracing the back of her head with the other. I need you to be more considerate, Elise. You did not ask to enter my room. Her hand became wet with Elise's tears and snot. You are touching things that are not yours. A snap came from the drawer, the wood or possibly a bone in Elise's hand. Elise gulped for breath beneath Mercury's grip. Her body hung limp. You show me no respect within my own space. I need you to understand why this is not acceptable, so we can ensure this does not happen again. Elise's head swung back and forth violently, her eyes bulging. Tell me you understand. Her eyes pressed together tightly. She nodded up and down. Mercury pushed herself backwards to release Elise's hand. Elise fell out to her bottom, still whimpering. She stood up in a panic, cradling her arm. On the way out of the room, she knocked into the bookshelf, dropping some notebooks to the carpet. Garfield the cat shrugged from the cover of one of the books on the floor with the word Mondays printed beneath him. Mercury could hear her sister screaming for her mother as she turned back to her homework. Though Elise's hand was broken in three places, Mercury was not punished. Her mother had taken charge of any necessary reprimanding in the house after her husband had tried to solve a behavioral issue with the buckle end of a belt years prior. Mrs. Vasquez looked at child-rearing more holistically. She saw Mercury's violent outburst as a manifestation of some inner turmoil and therefore scheduled an appointment with a psychiatrist shortly after the incident, much to the dismay of Mr. Vasquez, who naturally found the idea of therapy to be preposterous and borderline disgraceful. Mercury saw the whole experience for what it was, an opportunity. Well, I hope you enjoyed the first chapter of Good Clean Fun. Again, I will be releasing the story chapter by chapter, week by week. Don't forget to follow Travis E. Taylor, author, on Facebook and Instagram. And if you like the story, do me a favor and tell a friend about it. I would like to thank Brittany Taylor for lending her sultry voice to this episode and Danny Contreras for laying down that killer riff you heard at the top of the podcast. And lastly, thank you for making the time to join me. See you next week for more good, clean fun when we meet Mercury's friends, Pluto and Uranus.